Last time we did this chapter, 1 Corinthians 11, we got a lot of communication, texts and emails. Yeah. Everybody was buzzing. telling me they, they thought Junior should cut his hair. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I what, think we that still what they were telling people, you too? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, th- there's another issue that he addresses in here, which I think is interesting. And that is the, the question is could, could we actually be sinning in the way we take communion? Hmm. Sinfully taking communion, Could which we be is a very serious offense because some people had died. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're in First Corinthians chapter eleven, and you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior, and Dad, uh, it's your turn to read first. I'll start verse one, and but you're going to have to follow along because you know how I keep getting lost in the text. <laughs> and you should imitate me, just as I. Well, that was part of last week's, but or yesterday's. But you should imitate me, just as I imitate Christ. He was talking about the the whole thing about eating being careful about other people and not eating meat offered to idols if it was going to offend them. Verse 2, I'm so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. But there's one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. A man dishonors his head if he covers his head while praying or prophesying. But a woman dishonors her head if she prays or prophesies without covering on her head. Can I just point this out real quick? I've had people, and I'm not saying you, mm-hmm. but people say like, hey, hats off in church. Which for some people, it's like a military thing. It's like a sign of respect. And I understand that. That's fine. It's like It's an opinion, but that's a fine opinion. But I've had people say like, well, scripture says a man should not have his head covered when he prays. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to apply the next verse that says a woman should. Yeah. So if we say it's only scriptural for a man to have his hat off in church, then women should have head coverings. And there are some churches, uh, Mennonites, yeah. uh, Amish, Amish, where they will wear head. Women some Pentecostal head too, right? And, well, there what they'll do is they'll just keep, they won't cut their hair. So okay. some of the Pentecostals will, they're not allowed to, these women never cut their hair and they've got real hair that almost goes to the ground. Hmm. So, but the, so yes, there are some that take it this way, but my understanding is, and I think that every time we look at the scriptures, especially when you're the, the there's a there's a principle behind this. There's always a principle behind everything. And and what Paul often is doing in these epistles, we call it the occasion, whatever the issue is that he's addressing, that that's the application of the core principle. The core principle that he wants to show is the male leadership is necessary in the home and in the church. And yeah. that they were demonstrating this with their head coverings. Okay. Demonstrating so, it in their worship. Yes. In their worship services. Which is not something we do today. No. And that's not sinful. No, because there's no real practical application of this in the culture that we live today. Yeah. Okay. So he was applying it to their culture in their day and their understanding of what those things meant. Okay. All right. So... um I went through what, verse six? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, verse six. A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for a man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory, and a woman reflects man's glory. For the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. So he's arguing there, as far as the core principle goes, that that goes back to creation. The, the argument itself was the core principle was not cultural, just the application was cultural. Verse nine, and man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. For this reason, and because the angels are watching, a woman should wear a covering on her head to show she is under authority. But among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. We need each other. For although the first woman came from man, every other man was born from a woman, and everything comes from God. 
Judge for yourselves. Is it right for a woman to pray in public, uh, to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? Isn't it obvious for a man? No, I, I did it. I read that over and over last time we went through this. But verse 15 then. And isn't uh, long hair a woman, a uh, woman's pride and joy? I said, I'm sorry. I said this last time, but I, I did have one teacher at, at a school. She had said, you know, it's in scripture. It's an obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair. It's like, but she was telling me that as she had very, very short hair. Yeah. So I was like, well, keep reading, honey. You, you got you to gotta do both of them if you're going to do one of them. For it has been given to me as her covering, or given, uh, for it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to argue about this, I simply say that we have no other custom than this. So this is a custom, and neither do God's other churches. Verse 17, then. You want to pick up? Yeah, but in the following instructions, I cannot praise you. For it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church. And to some extent, I believe it. But of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. So it sounds to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dad. He's saying those of you who aren't partaking in all the fighting and all that are showing that you are of God. Yeah, they, they want to make it look as though they have God's approval and because they want to be recognized by other people. It's, um, it's just very selfish. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. Which shows that communion was... Well, a full was, meal. It was a full meal, and it was real wine in the early church. Yeah, we don't today because we we also don't want to. Uh, we we use grape, grape juice, juice yeah, which yeah. is fruit of the vine, and that the word wine literally means fruit of the vine. Uh, but in this case, it was alcoholic wine. And some of it comes down to two as well as like alcoholics being a stumbling block, where it's that's, like, yeah, don't, don't exactly put that taste right. in their tongue because yeah. they can, you know, can make them. That, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So some of you hurry to eat your own meal. As a result, some of you go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own meals for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he, meaning Jesus, was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks a cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. And you think about this, and this is why he's going to give us very serious warning in the next couple of verses. But if you're being selfish in partaking of the Lord's table, if you're doing it for show, you're just going through the motions because you want people to think that you're spiritual and taking communion, or in the case here, they were trying to uh, show themselves to be more important than other people, rushing ahead to the front of the line, and that the very act of taking communion itself was a sin, was sinful. Yeah. So it's supposed to be something spiritual, but there's sin that's driving this desire to... Uh, for people to look at them and for their hypocritical actions. Yeah. That's why he says, this is why you should examine yourselves before eating the bread and drinking of the cup, which is why at the bridge we do that time of just mm -hmm. reflection before taking. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. 
That is why many of you are weak and sick. Some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. And that's such a healthy practice. That self-examination is something that we do every weekend in church with our so what moment. Because we want, I mean, it's so important for me to always be examining myself because I've, I've got this sinful tendency and I very quickly, my heart can go astray. And I continually need to ask the Holy Spirit to point out those flaws, point out the wrong motives and, and what's going on in my heart when it's taking me away from you. I want to be sincere in following Jesus and expressing my love for Jesus in the way that I'm treating other people. He says, so my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you're really hungry, eat at home so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the matter after I arrive. All right, All right. We're, we're in Psalms then. We're still in Psalm 119. And verse 115 is interesting because the psalmist says, get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God which is interesting how he says this because, you know, we know that people are influential to us and, yeah. and we, we are affected by peer pressure. It's not just teenagers. It's not right. just high schoolers. It's, it's all of us. It's like the old saying of you are the average of the five people you're, you hang out with the most. And this is why the psalmist is saying, I want to obey the commands of God. Therefore, I've got to say, get out of my life, you evil-minded people, because I know the evil-minded people are going to have a negative effect on me. Yeah. I think sometimes we have to say that about the TV that we watch, the media that mm. we consume, because yeah. there's a lot of evil-minded people that are pouring their values into our heads just by the entertain entertainment. You are what you eat. Yeah. And it is what you consume in media as well. So be careful about even the music you're listening to on your way, if you're right now commuting or what you're doing today, the people you're hanging out with, who you're listening to, what are those voices speaking into you? Are they taking you closer to God? or taking you away from him. That's right. We should have the same commitment. I intend to do what God wants. Yep. It's far more serious than we often think. That's a great way to plan for your weekend this weekend is to obey God, honor him and hang around with some people that are going to help you to do that. And what a better place than church. Maybe even quote the psalmist there. There you go. Go to that friend and say, get out of my life, you evil (laughs) person. You're bringing down my average. Be a little careful on that. (laughs) You're bringing down my average. There we go. (laughs) You're being being far tactful. (laughs) David didn't write this to uh, somebody personally. No, no. This is a general principle that he's announcing. Hey, have a good weekend. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in church this weekend. And uh, make sure you do your reading both tomorrow and Sunday as well. God bless. Thank you.